Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. And so if you're after a message title, I've got one. It's called Seasons. So we're going to be looking at seasons of life. And once you get a better understanding about the fact that we do have different seasons of life, then hopefully also you won't be as frustrated or as disappointed when things happen or don't happen the way that you plan or expect them to. Um, Nikki, if you're there, could I just grab a glass of water, please? That'd be fantastic. So, of course, we all have seasons, good ones or bad ones. But what I know about seasons, just like the weather, and, of course, we had a very warm Christmas Day and Boxing Day, and even in the midst of that, hopefully we all knew that this wasn't going to last forever. might have felt like it was going to, but it did last forever, and uh, things changed significantly. So when we're looking at the seasons of life, whatever the season is that we're currently in, just know that that will not last forever either. So, um, so picture our hands. We're currently in summer here in Perth anyway. So who loves summers? Shoot your hands up if you love summer. There we are. Okay, I'm going to blame you for getting really toasty hot. Who loves winter? A little bit more on the cool side, probably from the UK, perhaps some of those people. Fantastic. I'm kind of like in between. I like what they call the shoulder seasons. I like autumn and spring. Not too hot, not too cold. Bit of this, bit of that. So we've all got our different seasons that are there. And if you're online, why don't you grab onto the chat panel right now, uh, whether you're on uh, YouTube, WA, Metro Church, online or Facebook Live. Why don't you type in there and chat in there what your favourite season is so other people can see that as well. But you know, when it comes to seasons, God actually has a fair bit to say about them. And so I'm going to be unpacking quite a few scriptures this morning that show you that God really is certainly aware of the seasons and that he wants to guide us in our lives as well. So the first scripture then, this is First Thess- Thessalonians. Try say that without a, uh, a moist mouth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18 which says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice there's no little asterisk there. There's nothing about read the fine print. It's rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, regardless of what the season actually is. You know, it's so easy to allow circumstances of life to dictate what our responses can be we can react to things well i think as christians as followers of christ we need to be acting with purpose and intent not reacting based on the circumstances around us and if you want to know how to act well that scripture right there shows us how the best way is to react rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all situations So that's really a mindset. That's what God thinks about the seasons. In one sense, he doesn't really care what the season is. He wants us to be mindful of him. Here's another scripture for us. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So when it comes to seasons, it's our job to sow. That's what we need to be doing, sowing seeds into our lives, sowing seeds into the lives of others. That's our job. 
Now it's God's job to bring in the harvest. Now any farmer would be foolish to not sow seed, but expect a harvest. But I got a feeling, you know, if you're a Christian and if you've been doing this any more than five minutes, you might have an expectation of a harvest and I want things to happen. I want God to do things, almost like, you know, the, the magic chocolate wheel, spin around and hopefully this will happen. Well, God isn't like that. He does provide a harvest, but every harvest requires seeds to be sown. So if you're getting a little bit frustrated about where's my harvest, I'm not seeing these particular things that I'm wanting to have happen in God, have a bit of a stock take. Do a bit of a self-check and think to yourself, have I actually sowed the seeds for the actual harvest that I'm looking for? Because the last time I checked, apple seeds get apples. Pumpkin seeds get pumpkins. So you will get the harvest of the actual seeds that you sow. You can't do generic seeds. There's no generic you know, black and white brand seed that just pops up randomly and it does all sorts of things. And again, it's very easy for us to say, well, God, I've prayed. Well, really, have you prayed specifically about what it is that you're expecting? And therefore, have you sowed the appropriate seeds in what it is that you are expecting? Another scripture here. This is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So as far as waiting for the right season, there is no right season. But likewise, there is no wrong season. Every season is the right season in God. So just keep on doing. Keep on keeping on because you never know. You might almost be there. For those of you that are familiar with the state of Western Australia, which is where we are, uh, down south near Albany, uh, there's a, a mountain there called Bluff Knoll. And there's a reason why they call it Bluff Knoll, because there's a big bluff that you're almost there. Uh, now, many years ago, uh, my wife and I, we'd just recently been married, and uh, we went down there to climb Bluff Knoll. And um, I was, I'm actually a lot fitter now than I was back then, so I was pretty unfit back then. And so we embarked on this track, and it's, it's quite a, a trip to get there. And um, we got about the halfway mark, so we believe, and it was like, We've just had enough. We really can't do this. And there's these very encouraging people coming down saying, hey, keep going. You're almost there. You're almost there. Well, another two hours later, we still weren't there. And there's more encouraging people. They must have been Christians saying, you're almost there. You're almost there. And at some point, we just thought, nah, we're just not doing this. We've, we're not falling for the bluff anymore. Clearly, we're never going to get there. Now, I don't know how close we actually were. All I know is we didn't actually make it. But I also know that if we kept on going, we would have eventually made it. So let me encourage you, keep on going. Keep on believing for whatever it is that you are believing for. You could almost be there. And wouldn't it be a shame if you pulled back just before you got whatever it was that you were looking for and believing for? Let's have a look at another scripture. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 1 to 2. In the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. I just love that. What you don't want to do if you're going on a road trip, you don't want to realise you didn't get enough petrol when the car runs out. If you're going for a hike in the bush, you don't want to realise 
you didn't have enough water when you really do need it. Be prepared in season and out of season, which basically means be ready at all times. If somebody came to you today with a huge need, would you be ready to help meet that need? I'm not necessarily saying you're the one that needs to unfold your wallet and give them, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars. It might not be that you have to give them a house. But are you prepared to be a part of the solution and to be seeking how you can assist in whatever it is actually might be? It might be an encouraging word. Do you know your Bible well enough to be able to go to the Word and provide the scripture that that person needs at that particular time? Because if you know the Word well enough, the Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you. But he can't bring back to remembrance what you don't know in the first place. So be ready in season and out of season. And that's why I'm giving you a truckload of scriptures today. And I hope this is not your only exposure to the word of God. I hope that these scriptures are familiar to you. Because it's my job as a teacher of the word to show you how these scriptures apply to life. And where they are in the Bible. So that you can also be equipped also. So be continually ready be always ready for action. So let's get into the seasons of life then. And yes, we're going to be covering summer, autumn, winter and spring. So I mentioned before, there's no right season that you need before you act. There's no wrong season. There's only now. A lot of us can be waiting for that right opportunity. I remember as a young Christian, once I realised how church life kind of worked, I had in my mind and in my heart things that I, I thought God wanted me to do in the future. But what I absolutely know is true, is that if I had have waited until those things happened, until those doors opened up, and if I did nothing in the meantime, then I absolutely know, because this is kingdom purpose, those doors would not have opened up. I would not have gotten to do those other things if I hadn't have done what was before me right now. So don't let whatever today looks like stop you from doing something. You can only act today. You can't control tomorrow. You certainly can't control what happened yesterday. What you can control, what you can be a part of, is today. You can be a part of right now. Let's have a look at another scripture then. This is Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, and verses 1 to 2. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. I love that very first part of verse 1. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity. Again, there's no asterisks in my Bible. There's no C clause 15.8.7. There's things that we can be doing all of the time. All right, so let's kick off then. Let's have a look at winter. Quite a few hands went up. People loving winter, which is fantastic. I get that. What also happens with winter is that it's cold. There's often lots of wind. There's lots of rain. And unless you are prepared for those elements, sometimes it can be a little bit uncomfortable. Ever found that in life? Things get a little bit uncomfortable. You can prepare as best as you can, but sometimes the wind blows and the rain comes. Now on the plant side of things, if you're talking about agriculture, uh, and I'm not a farmer, but I know a little bit about this kind of stuff, I know that most of the crops would have been planted by the time it comes to winter. 
and the crops do need winter. They need the rain and they need all the nutrients that comes with that. But of course, you needed to have planted those seeds in the first place. So if you've got a winter experience happening right now, hopefully you are believing for those seeds that you have already planted and be receptive of you might, you might not see much happening, but there is a lot actually happening. You know, I remember in primary school we did little science experiments and uh, we got a little, a little plastic uh, lid from a container and we got some cotton wool on there and we got like a kernel of wheat and then we would water it. And then every couple of days then we put them on the windowsill in the classroom and we'd be looking for activity that was there. Now, the activity that, of course, every child like myself, what we were looking for was those amazing green shoots going up and then um, heads of wheat coming out of this little one seed on a beaker on the windowsill. But that's not the first thing that we saw. And I think wisely our science teachers were drawing our attention to the fact that beneath the cotton wool, which was you know, the soil as an example, we actually got to see the roots. So there was activity underneath the surface, which wasn't easily seen, although our teacher showed us what those things were and the, the clear plastic uh, container they were in helped us to see that. But there was activity, but it wasn't necessarily always seen. So if you're feeling that you are in a winter experience right now and you're feeling like nothing much is happening, then maybe just be mindful of in wintertime there's things happening underground, beneath the surface, things that aren't necessarily seen, but are incredibly vital for what is going to be coming next. So just be aware of that and know that things are always happening. Here's another scripture along those lines. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20 says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And I love how Jesus spoke in parables because he helped us understand with a human intellect a kingdom principle. But we were always able to apply it if we had ears to hear. We were able to apply those principles in the physical sense. And the reason why he used the example of a mustard seed is that it is a tiny, tiny seed. Smaller than a sesame seed, about the half the size of a sesame seed, if you know what those are as well. I haven't got an image for you, but I've, I've done some Google research on this before. And the mustard tree, it's absolutely huge. They grow to like 20 or 30 feet. So he's giving us an example saying this tiny little seed grows up to be something hugely a lot bigger. And likewise, he's then talking about faith. Now, I haven't seen anybody move mountains, and I don't know that that's actually going to be great for anyone living on a mountain. So maybe don't try this at home. But he's talking about if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed, you could actually say to a mountain, move. Now, maybe it's not a physical mountain that needs to move in your life. Maybe it's a spiritual mountain. Maybe it's a problem that feels like a mountain inside of you. Well, grab hold of this scripture. And even if it is winter, know what Jesus is promising you, that if you've got faith, you can overcome that and move that mountain, move that obstacle out of the way, whatever it might actually be. Now, of course, in winter... As I mentioned at the outset, there's wind blowing, there's lots of rain. So you do need to be wary. You need to be cautious about that and be aware that there are potential threats and just protect yourself as best as you can. So again, another scripture for you, Matthew chapter 13 and verses 24 to 26. 
Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. Now it's an interesting example there. Again, it's talking about being wary. It's talking about protecting yourself. But it's also talking about don't be surprised. If you are doing things for God, there is an enemy out there called the devil. So it should not come as a surprise if there are things that come against you from time to time. So don't be surprised by that. In fact, I would almost say be ready to deal with that if it comes into your life. And don't think, what am I doing wrong? Because in this example, the wheat did absolutely nothing wrong. But things happened. The enemy came along. Now, we haven't got time to go into this, but further on, if you read uh, the rest of that particular chapter, the example there is that the weeds at that point in time cannot be uprooted without also damaging the wheat. So for a period of time, that wheat, the good crop, needed to tolerate some annoyances, some distractions along the way. But come harvest time, the wheat will get harvested then the weeds will get separated from the wheat itself and then the good stuff is left and the, the weeds are thrown away and destroyed. So sometimes you might just need to hang in there just a little bit longer but be asking for God's protection. Don't uproot yourself. Don't remove yourself from a situation. Again, like that bluff knoll example, don't get out of something prematurely. It might be a bit uncomfortable for a period of time but hang in there. Keep pressing into God. Because winter will not last forever. Let's have a look at spring. Spring is awesome. Things are going well. You get to see the results of things. There's beautiful flowers. There's growth. Everything is just absolutely amazing. You're walking down the, the road singing songs to yourself, to anyone who listen, or maybe not. But spring, spring is a great time. But it's not meant to be autopilot mode. You're not meant to go into cruise control and do nothing at all. Even though there's a lot of activity, the activity is happening because of previous activity. And the activity and the results will not continue that way unless there is still additional things that are happening. So when there's growth happening in your life, don't take it for granted. That's not the time to just sit back on the lounge chair of life and say, well, here I am, everything's great. Growth, continual, continual growth, still requires food and it requires nutrients. It requires space. So if you're going through a spring phase, make sure that there's a bit more space around you so that you can continue to grow. Because again, exercising my um, horticultural expertise here, or lack thereof, but what I do know is that if you've got a pot plant, it can get root-bound. If it keeps on growing and it grows bigger than the pot plant can actually allow it to survive and then all the roots get all bound up and eventually you get stunted growth that pot plant got to a certain stage it was nice and comfortable for a season but there came a time where that plant needed to get removed out of the pot plant before it could continue to grow and then it needed to get moved into a different environment and just like us the plants can actually get transfer shock ever felt that in your life a bit of transplant shock 
You thought everything was going fantastic. I'm just happy. I just want to stay where I am. I don't want to have to get moved. And then when you get uprooted, when things change in your life, it's uncomfortable. There's a bit of transplant shock that happens. But what I also know is that that is necessary. Unless you're going to be root-bound, some of us are going to need to get transplanted from over here to over there at different times. But it's so that we can continue to grow and continue to flourish and be all that we wanted to actually be. I don't want to be a stunted pot plant, and I definitely don't want to be a stunted Christian. But that can happen uh, because the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Corinth and warned them about exactly this same thing. Let's have a look at that because this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Imagine getting a letter like that. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Where's the love? Where's the encouraging? Where's, where's the stroking? A little bit rough. But I want to make sure that if Paul was still alive, I don't want to get a letter like that. I don't want him to email me or text me that or you know, send me a DM saying, hey, you're not ready yet. You're still on milk. You should be on solid food. I don't want that. So make sure that you are ready for solid food. What does that look like? How do you grow stronger? Well, it's things like reading the Word and not just on a Sunday between the hours of 9, 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Make sure that you get Christian fellowship. Again, not just between 9.30 and 10.30. Worship God, not just on a Sunday morning. And pray, definitely not just on a Sunday morning. All of those things together, that's how you move from milk onto solid food. Now, of course, church life should be a major part of it. That's why we have church. It's a, it's a big part of it. And so, of course, uh, you heard uh, Nikki talk about Faith, Hope and Love, which is next Sunday night. So love you to come along to that one and exercise that prayer muscle. Tonight, you get to exercise the worship muscle um, with Presence, hosted by Pastor Michael and Linda Battersby. There's always going to be great opportunities for you to be able to exercise and grow, even if you are the springtime of life. All right, let's move on to summer now. That seems like the majority of the hands went up for summer, so here you are. Here's summertime. So summer's great. It's harvest time. And in our spiritual lives, we might be in a summertime of harvest coming up. And that's absolutely fantastic. But with summer also comes potential threats. For example, it can get really hot. And just like plants require water, we require water as well. We need to drink more physical water, particularly in summer, uh, due to dehydration and perspiration. Do you know the human body, as amazing as they are, is actually not that resilient when it comes to certain things? Now, for food, we can actually go between 45 to 60 or even 90 days without food, depending on the environment and, and a whole bunch of stuff like that. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be amazingly exactly the same after 60 days without food. You're going to have muscle loss and, and nutrient deficiencies and a whole bunch of stuff like that. But you won't die. You just get severely affected. But without water, in optimum climate-controlled conditions, three days, you're gone. Now, perhaps even less if you are, I don't know, lost uh, out in the sun on a, on a sunny day, perhaps not even one day. So water is very incredible for us. But God in his wisdom has given us things to know that we need to do certain things. So dehydration, 
one of the first signs that the human body is dehydrated is that you get thirsty. So here's a fun fact for you. If you are actually feeling thirsty, you are already dehydrated. Because it's the body's way of saying, hey, I haven't had enough of this water thing. I need some more water. Now, hopefully you don't ignore that in your drink. And I'm not saying you're going to die straight away. But it actually is the body's way of saying that you are dehydrated. But if you respond to those first signs, then you basically eliminate that whole process. The other interesting thing with human dehydration, when you get thirsty, did you know that your brain has already been affected by that, by the dehydration process? It affects your thinking ability, your cognitive reactions, the ability to think clearly, the ability to do repetitive tasks. And spiritually, if you are spiritually dehydrated, guess what it will do? It will affect your ability to do things, to do things of a spiritual nature, to be aware of things, to be cognitive of things in the spiritual world. So... Let's not become spiritually dehydrated in summer and in any other time of the year. Don't wait until you realise you are thirsty. As I mentioned before, get the word of God into your life so that you can have a scripture that comes to mind in whatever circumstance you are facing within life. And here's a, a beautiful scripture that talks about spiritual water. This is John chapter 4 and verse 14. This is Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, of course, this is not a one-off. You can't say, great, read that scripture, prayed that prayer, I'm all done. Just like we need regular water in our bodies we need to regularly drink jesus says whoever drinks the water drink is an action he didn't say whoever gets a single drink he said whoever drinks which means this is an ongoing thing so you can't just read your bible once and go well there you go i've done that you need to read it regularly you need to drink the living water that jesus was talking about and you get to water others as well but you can only water others if you've got enough for yourself and for others. Okay, last season then, autumn. Now again, if you're not that averse with autumn, again for the plant world example, it can actually look like things are dying because trees lose leaves. It can look like horrible things are happening. But before you hit the panic button when it comes to trees that might be losing their leaves, Here's a quick check. Find out whether it's what they call a deciduous tree or a perennial tree. A deciduous tree is a tree that is designed to shed its leaves during autumn and through winter. It's designed that way. It's not dying. It's actually part of what needs to actually happen. A perennial tree is a tree that generally has its leaves all throughout the year. Now, the old one here and there might die and drop off, but generally speaking, that type of tree or plant is meant to have leaves all throughout the year. So if you feel like some of your leaves are dropping off, don't hit the panic button. Do consult God, the great horticulturalist, and say, okay, God, is this a, a seasonal thing or do I need to be concerned? Do I need to take some sort of action? If it's just a seasonal thing, then don't sweat it. Just keep on going back to God and believe and trust in him. But do take a check. Find out what kind of season that you are currently in. 
And if it is that true autumn, if you are going through a change before the growth, that's okay. Here's another verse that says exactly that. This is John chapter 12 and verse 24. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now you've got to go to God and you need to get these answers yourself. Don't let other people tell you about what your seed should be doing. Don't even let other people tell you whether you are a deciduous tree or a perennial tree, whether this is an autumn for you or not. Now, if you've got godly wisdom, that's fine from people that you do trust. But still, you need to go back to God and ultimately find out from him what season you are currently in. And regardless of what season that you are in, the seasons last for roughly four months on a given year. So nothing is quick. And I certainly know nothing is as quick in God as you would like it to actually be. I just know that we've got to keep on keeping on. Uh, there's a, a worldly saying about a watched pot never boils. Uh, some of you may have actually heard about that. I mean, technically that's not correct, is it? Because if you've got a pot of water on some sort of a heat source, it will eventually boil. But there's the concept of, is it there yet um, or not? Now, here's um, a definition from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary on what that actual phrase means. So definition of a watch pot never boils. It's used to mean that time passes very slowly when one is waiting for something to happen. Sound familiar? And that is only the one thing that you can be thinking about. So if you're focusing on just that one thing, it will seem like it's never actually going to happen. But, you know, there's a great thing about people being multi-skilled. Well, God is incredibly multi-skilled. And I think for all of us, we're not meant to be doing just one thing at a time. So check in on things, but keep on doing other things that might be before you as well. In the whole scheme of things, you don't know what season you're in necessarily and you don't even know the part that you might be playing in any season in any given time. So let me finish with this scripture. So thank you, um, team, if you can come as well. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it to grow. Now for all of us, at different times, we might be Paul. We might be Apollos, or we might need to step back and let God do what he is actually doing. We need to leave the results to God, but of course, let him do what he wants to do and have us be available for him as well. Now, hopefully that is a message that is spoken to all of you. You know, when I was praying about today's message, I really did. Well, I know this in my heart that we all go through different seasons so every single one of us, myself included, that spoke to all of us about our summer, our autumn, our winter, our spring. So all of us will be in one of those right now. And all of us have been in all of those. And all of us will be in all of those again. So I know that there is something there for every single one of you. And so I pray that really speaks to your heart. But there might also be some of you who think, well, you know, Bruce, that's fine, but I don't actually know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I know this God that you're talking about. I don't know that I've ever come to this person called Jesus as my Lord and as my Saviour. Well, I want to give you an opportunity right now to come to that place of accepting Jesus as your Lord 
and as your saviour. Jesus, sent by God. We just celebrated his birthday a few days ago. That's why Jesus came, so that we could come to the Father. And so it's so easy to do that. All Jesus wants you to do is to say yes to him. And so we've created a system a couple of years ago now where we also make it easy for you to say yes to Jesus. It's as simple as this. Grab your mobile phone if you're in Australia. Type in the word yes, Y-E-S. Type in that word, send it to the number up on the screen. And if you mean it, then mean it and you can say a short prayer. And that's you saying yes to Jesus, asking him to come into your life. And he will know whether you have done that or not. No matter where you are in the world, you can do exactly the same thing, but you can do an email version of that. Simply go to this web address, yes.metrochurch.org.au. Again, on that one, type in your email address, click on the submit button, and that's your way also of saying yes. It's as easy as that. If you want to pray an audible prayer or just quietly under your breath, absolutely, you can do that as well. Now, not only will that be you saying yes to Jesus, what will happen then is that for the next 30 days, we will either text you or email you, whichever version you've chosen. We'll email you a daily Bible verse and a prayer that you can pray related to that particular Bible verse. That'll run for 30 days. You can opt out anytime if you want, but there's only been a few people that have actually done that in the almost three years that this has actually been running. Uh, it's all free, by the way, and we don't provide your details to anybody else. This is just you and Metro Church interacting with one another. After that 30 days, there's a whole bunch of 10-day mini-series. You can sign into those as well and just begin your journey in learning more about God. But I want to be praying right now for every person who is making that decision and saying yes to Jesus. Father God, I thank you for this morning. And Lord, I specifically this time think of those who have not yet said yes to you. Lord, I pray for them right now. If they're deciding that you will reveal yourself, reveal your Holy Spirit to them, help them to say yes to you, their life-changing experience, where you will come into their life, forgive their sins, and help them to follow you, Jesus. I pray for every person that is doing that. Lord, I pray for others that maybe they're feeling that they've fallen away from you. They're not as connected as they were. And they, they're thinking even now, does this mean that I can do this? Can I come back to Jesus? Can I say yes again? Yes, you can. So if that's you, text yes, email yes, say yes to Jesus. He will welcome you just like the prodigal son. He will welcome you back into the fold, back into the kingdom. Lord, I pray for every person who's responded to that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, of course, as a result of us coming to Jesus, we'd get to do that because of his sacrifice on the cross. And so, church family, we're going to be having communion this morning. It's a great time. So thank your host team. If you could uh, begin serving us, just stay seated as the host team come around. Uh, they'll be giving you the emblems, uh, a little cup of uh, grape juice signifying the blood of Jesus, a little piece of bread signifying his broken body. Just keep hold of those until we're all served. And then uh, we can all take communion together as a church family. But I think it's another one of those great things to do at the beginning of the year. You know, I was thinking earlier that why does it take until the beginning of the year for us to have vision in our life? What do I mean by that? It's because we're thinking, what do we want to do for the next year ahead? What do we see for our lives for the next year ahead? That's vision. 
But I believe that God wants us to have vision every day of our lives. But it's great that we get to think about that at this time of the year. So I want to encourage you, be mindful of that. Every time you come before God, be asking Him for continued vision, fresh vision, re-energizing the vision that you've already got. And as we're thinking about these emblems of communion, I hope you do what I try to do every single time, is that I acknowledge what Jesus did on the cross here, that He gave His life. He shed His blood for the forgiveness of all of our sin. He had a broken body so that we could have new life in Him. And Jesus absolutely knew this was going to happen. This did not take him by surprise. I want to show you this scripture. Uh, It won't be on the screen here, but I want to read out uh, this to you. Let me just call it up here. This is Mark chapter 14 and verse 36. This is just before Jesus' crucifixion. And he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he goes away to a quiet place to pray to the Father. And he says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. So Jesus knew what was happening. He was not looking forward to it. He was, but he wasn't. Other verse in the Bible tells us, for the joy set before him. So he was looking forward to being able to do what he was about to do. But at the same time, his humanity didn't want to have to go through that. That's why he can relate to us, because he was human as well as being part of God in the Trinity. So the humanity side of Jesus was saying, I would really rather not go through this. But there was agreement. He knew the Father had this plan from the beginning of time. And so he said, I'm with you, Father. Even though I don't want to do this, let not my will, but let your will be done. So you've got a Jesus who went to the cross, knowing what it would feel like to his humanity, but absolutely knowing what it was going to mean for our eternity. So church family, why don't we stand? And if you're at home joining me with this, uh, why don't you stand as well if you've got the emblems there? And let's pray as before we eat and drink. Father, we thank you for the amazing symbols that you give us about crucifixion, about Jesus dying on the cross. We thank you that uh, these are physical reminders. They point us to what you did, Jesus. And Lord, I pray again as we take this for the first time this year, perhaps. Lord, let it be real. Let it be significant for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.